Hello, everyone, and welcome back to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek-related. I'm Trey. And I'm Tim. There is so much that is happening in the world of superheroes, from all the Marvel shows and movies to DC's slow approach with like one movie a year. We are going to be diving into all things superheroes with this state of the heroes because you know it's all geek to me if it's a comic book or a comic movie it's all geek to me if it's some sort of game or a show on tv it's all geek to me superheroes i say that and i almost sigh a bit with the amount of content that we are we are and have been getting in this last year and uh tim i know i've talked to you a little bit about this but it's it's getting a lot and i know we've talked about super superheroes marvel specifically a lot on this podcast already and i know we both are trying to kind of get away from that a little bit. And so we wanted to do one big state of heroes. Um, I think this might be an ongoing thing we might do every now and then just to talk about what's coming up. What do we think? All things heroes. Um, So with that, Tim, when, when we say superheroes and all the content we are getting, what are you feeling? Are you feeling excitement? Are you feeling a little bit of um, almost, I can't think of the word, but like just too much overwhelming. Cause I, I'm getting a little bit of the overwhelmness. Yeah. I, Oh man, I'm right there with you. Um, it's a, it's the first thing I think of when I think of, well, before I say that I'm getting a little overwhelming because of just Marvel is throwing so many new superhero things out constantly. They are constantly throwing out things. So anytime I see a superhero thing, I'm like, all right, another one. Let's watch it. Let's do it. You know, let's 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 see what how it is. But what I'm realizing is Marvel and DC are at such different places right now. And it's kind of crazy. Like Marvel has a new thing coming out every single month, multiple movies a year, so many TV shows. And then DC has like a movie a year, maybe, or two, like one or two movies a year and that's it. And I just was like, oh my gosh, these companies are at completely different points in just their movie making, you know, status i don't know i couldn't think of a way to finish that sentence grammatically um but they're at such different points and it's crazy yeah and even with them being all at different points we actually have seen a very interesting trend i would say um let's take dc for example first dc really got on its ground with smallville a tv show on the cw and I haven't seen it. I've seen bits and pieces. Was it on CW? I thought it was on CW. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. I was just like, wow, that's so early for CW to be putting things out like that. Yeah, so they started yeah, it all. Interesting. And when it finished, a couple years later, we got Arrow. And from Arrow, we grew and grew and grew. Now we have Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. We have Black Lightning. We have um, Supergirl. Supergirl. And we're starting to get more now, too, from what I've heard. And really? Yeah, there's a few spinoffs coming out too. And so DC kind of started this where they kind of got out of control, I think, especially with their TV shows. It started out very strong and then they just kept bringing content and content and content and content like Marvel is doing now with their movies and TV show. So Marvel is yeah. kind of following that, whereas DC is now trying to follow Marvel in the movies where it's like, DC was trying to play catch up. Marvel was doing only maybe one or two movies a year with phase one through three. 
And now we're getting content every single week with Marvel and DC's like, maybe that's not a good idea. And like you said, now it's like yeah. very, very slowed down with DC. They're trying to really do individual stories instead of doing this big grand continuity. And it can be overwhelming. Like for me, just looking at all these superhero things that are coming out, especially in the last year, I'm like, I'm tired of it. I want maybe a grounded fiction or non-fictional world to go into for a little bit. I don't yeah. want superpowers. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a surprise for me to realize I'm enjoying the DC approach right now. I'm enjoying that slow method. Like None of them are linked right now. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay that none of these things are super linked. That they're kind of all individualistic. The Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey movie, it was fun. It was a fun movie. The Batman, dark, gritty, good movie, great movie. I'm a little nervous for some of the future things. Um, like Aquaman 2. I'm not super excited about it. Flash, we're, that movie's kind of a train wreck right now, but we're going to see how it is. But there are also some some bright spots. I heard that Super Pets, an animated movie, I heard that is a great film. It's a fun movie about superhero pets, which I'm kind of here for. Yeah, I heard the exact same thing. I missed it when it was in theaters, and I should have gone, gone to see it. But like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think uh, John Kevin Krasinski Hart. was in it. Really? And, uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. Like, I think John Krasinski was Superman. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I heard great things about it. And I think that is the big issue we're having in the last, maybe I would say four years is it's all hit or miss when it comes to superheroes. And yet, yeah, I, I'm not going to knock them because they did bring back the movie theater in a way. Like after the pandemic, it was really That's these true. big blockbusters that brought movies back. Yet, I do kind of agree, not not fully with some of these big directors who are saying superheroes aren't art. Because they are. They can be. Yeah. But I, it takes I work. That, it takes effort. Yeah. I'm just seeing cookie cutters like superhero movies now. And I think that's yeah. where they fall into the criticism of these aren't art. Yeah, they take the same formula and they repeat it and they repeat it and they repeat it. And I that's why I, I think that's why I really enjoyed the Batman, like Robert Patterson's Batman. It was different. It was very different than a lot of the other Batmans we've seen where it was mainly you saw Bruce Wayne being Batman the entire time. You didn't see a lot of Bruce Wayne party, you know, billionaire party boy or whatever. It was the noir detective Batman that we see in the comics, but don't often see in movies. We saw a little bit with Christian Bales, but not a lot with, you know, other Batmans. And so it was really cool seeing something different than your normal superhero movie. Yeah. And I think we can even go into the TV shows a bit with this too, like the previous Netflix um, Marvel shows, specifically Daredevil daredevil fit that build like you said it was a unique take on a character that was gritty and dark but it was not the cookie cutter aspect it was very yeah. much its own unique take and i want more of that like maybe not the grittiness i know marvel won't go the super gritty but take risks like i i want mm -hmm. to see a movie that i'm like oh i did not expect that to happen yeah I totally love that. Um, and we're kind of like on this trend in, in our conversation where we're kind of just surprisingly, I did not think we were going to go this route of kind of almost favoring this DC route over Marvel right now. A little bit. Which is a surprise because I feel like for years and years and years, we've all loved Marvel more than DC. And granted, up until recently, I think that's a that was a justified viewpoint because up until i think phase four for marvel they've been great and we kind of mentioned this in our thor episode in the first thor in our mcu watch how the first phase of marvel each movie was different each movie was a different genre you mentioned that 
And I didn't know that when until you mentioned it. I loved that. I loved how each one felt different, felt new. And yeah, they were superheroes, but they made those superheroes unique. And each movie was a new experience. And I, I think DC is kind of hopping on that. And I'm curious for Black Adam. I'm curious if they're going to keep that new experience for someone that is so super powered. Um, I think that's going to be kind of cool. I think it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to see if it gets to that point, Shazam and Black Adam. Because Shazam was also kind of a different superhero movie. Shazam's a very weird character very different character than a lot of DC movies or Marvel movies have. It's a 10-year-old that inherits superpowers but doesn't have them in his normal body. He turns into an adult when he uses his powers, which is cool and different. And I think they did a really good job with that movie, and I'm excited to see if they do a Black Adam Shazam crossover eventually because I think that could be a fun, different, new experience. Yeah. And honestly, since we're already on this track, and I know I know this is going to be like more of let's do the good and then the bad, but I think we should talk about DC and their state of heroes, and then let's go into the Marvel state of heroes. Uh, there are some other heroes out there. I know the boys TV show is still ongoing, which I watched the first season. I've heard it's great. I've heard I've watched the first season. I really enjoyed it. It was just really hard to watch at times. I'm still yeah. struggling if I want to watch the next two. Um, Invincible, an animated show from uh, Amazon I, Prime, also mm, has like great reviews. It's really good. I watched all of Invincible. It's a little easier to watch over the boys because it's animated. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for a intro to the boys and you haven't watched Invincible... That might actually be a good stepping stone. Okay. Because it has some brutal moments. It has some just crazy, like your jaw drops, like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But it's animated, so it feels a little better. Okay. So uh, so we're going to kind of stay away from those, I think, for this episode and really just stick to the powerhouses, DC and Marvel, and like how they're doing yeah. right now. Um and I say let's start with DC. Just the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm down. Um, we've already talked a little bit about the good, but I kind of want to go back in time a bit and just DC did not have a good track record. Like you said, no. um, they had the original Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa. It had, um, Batman versus Superman. It had the original man of steel. We've had, I think wonder woman, the original wonder woman was in there, which was like the black sheep of them all. I think that was like the only true, I won't say fully good movie but probably the most entertaining i would agree with that statement um and then i would put shazam in there too as probably my favorite um but like they had a pretty bad track record of trying to rush i think these movies in order to catch up to marvel they wanted to make this justice league and one by one they came out and you can tell that they were like let's set this up let's set that up let's do this let's do this in order to kind of bypass the world building, bypass the character development. And I see that specifically with Batman versus Superman when we never got Ben Affleck as a normal Batman movie. Batman versus Superman, you can probably say is the Batman movie because you follow him more. But in reality, yeah. it was Justice League point five. <laughs> Uh, the prequel the justice yeah. league prequel um yeah i mean it's so true because that's where i i'm trying to remember the um timeline of when movies came out but i think that came out also before wonder woman it did so I think it introduced inter- wonder woman yeah and so not only is it it introduced bat ben affleck as batman it also introduced wonder woman and lex luther and lex luther and, and so the flash for a scene and the flash and it introduced yes. cyborg for a scene oh my gosh so yeah this movie literally introduces is everything all these major characters and it wasn't and I, i'm gonna take it even further back before i get more into batman versus superman i'm gonna go into man of steel 
really quick. Okay. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie, so I might get something wrong. But I'm going to say, I think one of their major problems, them being DC, was they tried to change the core of the character. So in Man of Steel, Superman's comic book weakness has always been kryptonite. But in Man of Steel, they made it like like some oxygen-based thing or something like that. Like he, when he breathed the Kryptonian air, he started to lose his powers or whatever. And then they, then we jump into Man of Steel and they bring it back to Kryptonite. And so I think that was a good jump, but it's like, okay, you're changing things halfway through. Like just stay consistent with what the comic book, you know, major things in the comic books you can change little things in the comic book that's fine but the big things in the comic book you should keep what it says like kryptonite you know that sort of thing and i think that was kind of a problem that dc was having in the beginning they also changed the morals of some of the characters like superman was a very gritty character and he's supposed to be this hope and peace and justice and yeah man of steel didn't really promote that as much as maybe justice league did um and I just don't think they had a direction. They didn't have like a person saying, like a Kevin Feige saying, hey, we want to go here. So here's the building blocks to get there. I think they were just kind of like, okay, yeah. let's make this movie first and then do it. And then they made the next one. And then they made the next one. And they just weren't cohesive. Um, Agreed. And I know we're crapping on DC right now. We have a reason for this. And that is to shine a light on what they're doing now. They might not yeah. have started out well. Uh, Batman versus Superman, probably my lowest rated DC movie that was made. Um, Justice League, when it came out, was kind of unfinished. It wasn't something I was very happy with when I watched it. And yeah, even uh, even Man of Steel, like we were saying, is just not one that I was really enjoying. Shazam was a outlier. Aquaman was all right. And we've already talked about why these were the way they were. Shazam was a little outside the cookie color cutter format. Aquaman. It was also just a seemed... good, funny movie. It was. It was just like a DC. Fun movie. Yeah, like DC was known for its serious, gritty films, and then all of a sudden Shazam, and it's like, okay, this is funny. This is just a a, a gritty comedy, where because it had its gritty its gritty moments, it had its serious moments, but it was also just funny and fun. And I I do want to mention Shazam as the turning point, because I saw an interview yeah. with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's been attached to Black Adam for years. Even mm-hmm. when Shazam came out, he was supposed to be playing Black Adam. And he he actually changed the movie than what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an intro to Shazam and Black Adam and show both of their histories and both of their origins. Interesting. That's a lot. It is. And from what I saw, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was like, no, this character means a lot to me this character needs his own movie before he's in with Shazam. We're making our own movie, even if it takes years. And so the director is like, okay, the rock said it. (laughs) We're doing it. So to be fair, if the rock said things to me too, I would do it. (laughs) But yeah, so they changed it. And so I think that was the directional change of, okay, let's focus on one person at a time. And after Shazam came out, we had wonder woman two, we had justice league. And then I think we had the next milestone, which was the Snyder Cut. Yeah, the Snyder Cut. Oh, man. Um, Speaking of Snyder Cut, before I dive into it, did you see the recent report that a lot of the accounts that were championing the Snyder Cut were like fake? Yeah, I did see that. Regardless, we got (laughs) it. We got it. So I don't really care. I'm like, okay, whatever. We got the Snyder Cut. I'm happy. Um I agree. That was the next turning point for for DC was just showing that you could put time and effort into the, a film and people are, will appreciate that. And Zack Snyder did a great job with it. It is so much better than the original Justice League. It's worth the, the watch of, th- I think it's three hours. Um, I think it's actually closer no, to four I think it's four, yeah. It's worth the watch. It, it adds so much depth and story and character development, and especially with Superman. Like, Superman's character development in 
the Snyder Cut is so much better than it was in the original Justice League. I had only one complaint with the Snyder Cut, and that was, realistically, it would never have been four hours, even if he got his cut in theaters. So Agreed. Even watching it, as much as it is a great movie, and it's not canon by any means. No. It's one that I'm like, I would like to see what your vision for the theater would have been with all the cuts and edits as well. Love it. It's just a little long in my opinion, but it did great development arcs. And I think that's what changed Warner Brothers' mind when it comes to all these other movies releasing. They decided to go individualized. They saw that if they gave creators a little bit of control, I can't say that they have full control of it, but a lot of the DC movies are getting better or at least seem like they're getting better. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, like I said, I think birds of prey came out. I think it was before the Snyder cut, but I think that was another good pivoting point. Uh, birds of prey was another fun movie that was different. It's very different than your normal DC film. And it was fun. It was enjoyable. And we already talked about the Batman and how good of a movie that was. And that was, again, this more individualized. They took the time to set up the character. They did it in its own universe, in its own world. And will we see Robert Patterson with other heroes and other you know people? Possibly. Don't know. But I'm just excited to see the future of DC and what they're bringing because they're bringing their A game now. Yes, there are some things that you know, are a little rocky. But I still think the future looks bright for DC right now. I agree. And even with that, something that I always remember when I've read comics, a lot of my favorite comic book arcs, series, and just storytelling happens in the individual comics when there isn't this giant team. And getting a little ahead of myself, I think Marvel needs to take a chapter in that book that DC's taking, where it's like not every character needs to have another character with them for the audience to enjoy the story. You can have one character and follow one character the whole movie. And that is okay. That's what we want sometimes. And DC, we see that a lot. Um, The Suicide Squad is one that you follow multiple characters but that is its own comic line that is the point of the comic that was yeah. a beautiful movie was james gunn's suicide so Squad. fun um so fun <laughs> the batman you follow batman only along with his arsenal of people great movie you got to develop his character a lot and i'm hoping for the same with aquaman i'm hoping for the same with the flash i'm hoping for the same with all these other movies are coming out. But the more I'm hearing about some of them, The Flash, uh, there's a lot of things getting smashed into that movie that I'm afraid of. So DC... There's also a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that's just crashing and burning with that film. And there that is. makes me a little nervous. But I again, I'm going to say that there's a lot of things behind the scenes that it seems like aren't DC's fault. No. That's happening with that film. It it feels which is like a bummer. So behind the scenes stuff with the Flash, I think this is a good state of the heroes topic that we need to discuss. Behind the scenes with the Flash, there's a lot of things with Ezra Miller and what he's done, the arrests and things like that, that are going to make this movie flop at least a little just because people are not, not happy. A lot. Yeah, people are not going to be happy about it. However, I think the other behind the scenes is the reason this movie is being made. And that is to retcon Justice League. They've already said this is going to be Flashpoint Paradox. This is going to be all about seeing maybe Michael Keaton as Batman, maybe seeing all these other Batmans and like creating a multiverse and having this paradox. And I'm like, okay, why can't we have a Flash movie? Why does it have to be a Batman and Flash? And yeah, why can't it just be Flash in his in his, all his glory? Because Flash is a cool character. It is, and the Flash has some of the best rogue characters, and that's coming from a guy who loves Spider Man. 
it's just there's a lot of behind the scenes with the flash that i'm not very excited about with the movie and i don't think it's going to do well just plot wise why it's being made and some of the actors choices in life but with that there are some that i'm very excited about and that is one the batman series giving control to a director to be able to show off his talent and what he wants a movie to be is what the Batman was. Like you could tell this was the director giving all of his creative control. And I loved it. There is just DC is give and take is I think the best thing I can say. I can't crap on them anymore. They made some really good movies. That's true. And I'm can't looking forward to some of them anymore. more than Marvel. Yeah. Like Blue Beetle. I'm oh, looking Blue forward Beetle. to Blue Beetle. I just I love the character of Blue Beetle and I'm excited to see what they do and how it goes. So yeah, that's gonna be good. And like their TV shows are also super good. We kind of talked about the CW shows, but I think another show that needs to be highlighted is Young Justice. Young Justice has been a solid show from day one. And it started off on regular TV and is now HBO picked it up when they acquired when they made HBO Max and they acquired all these DC things. And they're making this show. And it's been really good. It's a great show and it's a great different thing. And I think that's kind of in a good point for another point in the DC column right now over Marvel is they don't have a million shows that are coming out. It's really just two shows right now that I can think of. Besides, I think, I don't know, the CW shows are still, some of them are still running. Some of the CW shows are still running. We have Young Justice, and we also have some live-action ones like, oh, I can't think of the name, but it has the guy who played George of the Jungle. Why can't I think of his name? Brendan Brendan (laughs) Fraser? Brendan Fraser, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't oh, Doom of, Patrol. Doom Patrol. I've heard really good things about Doom Patrol. I heard th- I heard it had a rocky start, but after the rocky start, it picked up really well. Um, but you have Doom Patrol, you have Young Justice, you have the animated Harley Quinn show, which I've heard is good. I haven't watched it myself, so I can't personally vouch for it. Um, and you have some of the CWs, but you don't have a lot of shows that are coming out for DC right now. No. And... From what I've heard, they're all quality. Like those, the first three, especially that I mentioned, are from what I've heard, all quality. I can only really vouch for Young Justice because that's the only one I've actually seen. But I've heard they're all really good. Yeah, and I think that's once again, it's not all connected. Not everything has to be connected. I I was that guy where when Marvel came out and everything was connected, I was there standing front row. I was like, yeah, keep doing this, keep doing this. I'm now here saying you don't need to. DC's got it right. The movies can be separate. They don't have to be in the same universe. I guarantee the Batman is not in the same universe as the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. It's not. 100% guarantee. And it's okay. And you can appreciate the movie for a movie. You do not need to appreciate a movie for the universe. I agree. And I think something... And I, I... I think kind of getting, I guess, into Marvel a little bit. Yeah, let's go. I think Marvel's problem is that they are releasing. I'm okay with everything being connected. I like everything being connected. I was with you. I was there being like, oh, this is so cool. It's all connected. I think they're just trying to do too much now. And they're releasing too many new people instead of building upon the people they already had. And I think that would have been really cool going into phase four is instead of making all these new people focusing on the people they already had. I loved WandaVision. I loved Loki. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a good was a good show. I enjoyed that one. Um, Spider-Man, great film. All of the ones where they're building upon what they already had were enjoyable. But now they're introducing all of these shows where it's just new people, new people, new people, new people. And it's like, oh my gosh, guys, you had a great set of cast already. Not everything has to be 
brand new. Build upon what you already have and then push forward there. Yeah. And then continue to grow. I don't know, just a since we're already in Marvel, Marvel thought. Um kind of doing what we did with DC, like if we look at the past and Marvel, they they were the powerhouse. You wanted to go see a Marvel movie all the way from Iron Man all the way to Endgame. They were the movies to see. They were the blockbusters. We had maybe one to three a year. That's it. Yeah. If if three. I think it was maybe one or two. Yeah. And you're right. Like I mentioned, they're all different genres. Captain America, the uh, first Avenger, World War Two, World War, yeah, yeah. World War Two, kind of genre. Uh, Ant Man heist movie, um, Falcon or the Winter Soldier, that was more of a spy thriller. Um, you can do that with any of the movies. Thor with the Shakespearean kind of take on Marvel. Yeah, do it with any of the movies. And slowly, when we get to maybe Phase Three they kind of phase out of it where it's now, okay, this is connected. We are trying to tell the big story of the Avengers separating, then having to come back to fight Thanos. Cool. I was on board with that. All of the movies in phase three were just amazingly made. I love the phase three. Yeah. Which before you kind of go on, I think that was a good point to do that because that was also finishing their story from phase one. Phase one, they introduce, they start slowly introducing the Infinity Stones. And then now we're at the climax of that in phase three. And that was a great point to kind of, all right, now we bring it all together. We go a little less individualistic, bring it all together. Boom, end game, Infinity War, climax finished, finish the story. And so now you can continue what you're saying. I just wanted to kind of yeah, no, support I, kind of what you were saying there. I like that. It That's how it felt. It felt like phase three was that climax period where everything switched. And every movie in phase three had another Avenger in the movie. This is when we started getting that trend. Um, even did Black Panther really? did. Black Panther had the Winter Soldier at the very end of the movie. Wow, you're right. I think every single one did. They had either a cameo Dang. appearance or a main appearance because Thor Ragnarok, Hulk, and Doctor Strange were in that. Captain America Dang, was an Avenger right. 2.5. <laughs> you're right. That's that's true. I, I love Captain America's uh, Civil War, but it, I it, like was, a lot too. it was Avengers 2.5. And Phase 4 continues the trend of there has to be an Avenger in every, every movie or every show, or at least kind of. And... I think it falls a little bit because there's no reason for it to be. Um, I know the critique of, oh, this is a world-ending threat. Where are all the Avengers? Yeah, I disagree with this kind of critique because if a movie is done properly, it doesn't have to be a world-ending threat to give your character an arc. I totally agree with that. Take, we'll, we'll go No Way Home. No Way Home was a great example of this. Yes, it may have been a world-ending threat or like kind of disrupting the multiverse, but no one was going to know about that except Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange was trapped. I will also piggyback that on top of... I'm going to piggyback on top of that. It wasn't really a world-ending threat until the last 10 minutes. Exactly. And it was solved in 10 minutes up until that point it was just a ton of random villains that no one's heard of that honestly didn't really do a lot to cause mayhem or destruction and so for no way home why would the other avengers be called for rumors of a lizard or you know a guy with tentacle arms that was already kind of stopped exactly and all of these little things you're not going to call the Avengers for that. You're not going to call all these people for that. And that's what Spider-Man is in the comics. He is the low-level hero to help with all these things that the Avengers aren't. And going on the opposite side of Phase 4, the Eternals. Eternals was a world-ending threat, especially in the last like hour, I would say. like The whole thing had to have lasted yeah. an hour minimum. Where were they? they? They should have been there at that point. And so I can understand the critique in those, but my critique then is, why'd you make it a world-ending threat? That is where you have to have a Justice League, an Avengers group, 
an Inhumans group. You have to have the full combined force for if you want to do a villain like that. That is why when Fantastic Four finally shows up, I do not want Galactus. If you bring Galactus into the universe as their first villain, the Avengers have to be there. Galactus is a character that you have to have the full force of Marvel. He literally devours worlds. Exactly. (laughs) Come on. I don't even want Doctor Doom to be their villain. Same. I'm looking for like Super Scroll or something. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Awesome. And... I think that what it all comes down to, because I those are the two complete opposites, was Spider-Man and Eternals or Phase 4. They all still feel the same. And what I mean by that is there is this unique formula. And I can maybe point out Eternals was trying to get away from that formula too much. Black Widow was trying to conform to this cookie-cutter aspect too, too much. Whereas... Love and Thunder and Multiverse of Madness also tried to fit this storytelling method almost all the same. It's the same kind of trajectory and arc that the character goes through. Um, You learn about something, they start traveling for a bit, there's this ending villain, and then they fight and it's over. With sprinkles of comedy. And when I say sprinkles... I mean, tons of comedy. <laughs> like, there's just, it's every single movie for Marvel is now a comedy. Like, yeah, it's I'd... all comedy. And I think some of it works. Some of it was really good, but others, I think, fall short. Um, I think the highlights for phase four, since we've kind of been, you know, digging the dagger into Marvel a little bit, um, I think the highlights for phase four, Shang-Chi. I think that was Shang-Chi. a great movie. I think Shang-Chi was good awesome all the way movie. up until the third act. I even enjoyed the third act. It was um, enjoyable. I just don't want a big CGI fest. Yeah, and I get that. I totally get that. Um, and I I would agree a little bit. I think if you kept the ending a little more grounded into like the Kung Fu and stuff, it could have been really cool, but I still enjoyed it. Spider-Man and No Way Home. I think that was a great movie. Yeah. Like we said, they didn't make it this kind of crazy, you know, Avengers level threat until maybe the end. But again, like we said, no one really even knew. I thought it was awesome. I think those it, were kind of for me the the highlights of this phase, and that's only two things. Yeah, and I have to say, if any of the movies did humor correctly, it's Shang Chi. Shang Chi had oh, a very 100%. good amount of humor, especially with uh, what's his face coming back. Um. Oh, the guy oh, from Iron Man 3. Yes. Um, it, it's not Steve. The, man, the, the Mandarin or the fake Trevor. 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 I think he was a great addition and it helped with the humor there because it was a very grounded movie. But when you have something way out there like Thor, Love and Thunder, not every character can be a comedian. And True. I felt like that movie kind of fell flat for me because they made Thor not only comedy but they made his comedy almost like he's dumb and like this isn't really the thor we knew coming out of endgame he so i was talking with a friend of mine about it and he made the point of thor's always never been the brightest character no he has in in marvel in mcu that is but i think a problem they've had with thor is they have restarted his storyline at least three times now they restarted it at i would i'm gonna say maybe avengers for sure endgame infinity war after ragnarok they restarted it for ragnarok and then they restarted again at endgame and infinity war and then now for love and thunder they restarted it again i agree there and i'm not and i think that's the problem and they're not staying consistent to like you said put the dagger in marvel but it's hard to see phase four as something that i was super excited for but now kind of disappointed in because we're riding yeah. off the high of endgame and to be honest i think i would like these movies a whole lot more if we did not have all these tv shows in between because I part agree. of it i think is the fatigue we had hawkeye we had loki we had wandavision falcon and Winter soldier moon knight 
um, all these things which are introducing new characters, giving us new arcs, and yet every single TV show has currently been very disconnected from the the wider universe because their yeah. whole purpose was you don't have to watch these shows to know the movies. And I think that was a mistake. I, I agree. I think having that mentality, you disconnect viewers and you are now saying these movies really don't matter and the people that can't watch them don't matter either. And I, I'm a little upset with that. There, Some of them are great. I love some of them. Others sell flat, and I just don't think they get the time needed to make them the best. Because this is where I want to get into my big thing with the State of Heroes that I want to talk about, and that is Marvel's behind the scenes. Like we did with DC, Marvel has some, a lot of shadows coming out in this phase, I think. Um, have you heard about the VFX like artists and all that in phase four? Yes. I think we just talked about it a little bit, but I don't know a lot. So I'm going to let you take the lead. Yeah. So I've noticed this right from the first movie in phase four, which I think was black widow. Yes. And it's, I hate saying it because I love Marvel and I love a lot of their CGI that they've done in the past. But Black Widow did not have good CGI. Nor did Eternals. Nor did... There was some elements of Shang-Chi that didn't. Spider-Man No Way Home probably had the best. Multiverse of Madness, there were elements of like the monsters that I was like, wait, this is definitely CGI. This is not even like... You can't tell me this is real. And then Love and Thunder was just way over the top the worst. There were elements in that that I'm like, I know you're not wearing a helmet. I can tell that that was placed in post. And I hate crapping on that because I know how much the VFX artists, they are under crunch time. They work hard. And a lot have been coming out now saying, Marvel's been doing this for a while since like phase one, where they do not give these people the time to make quality shots quality cgi and i think one of the reasons we see it a lot more in phase four is these things are coming out so quick they don't have time and yeah it's been cut even shorter yeah and even with that now uh there's a interview with uh taika watiki for thor love and thunder where he goes over one of the scenes and he laughs about, oh, yeah, Korg doesn't even look like he's supposed to be in this scene. I can tell that he's CGI. And they, they're laughing about it. I'm like, that. it's almost disrespectful for the people who work so hard to make this good. Mm-hmm. It just hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely <laughs> see that. And I think, I think like, going along those lines, I think the TV shows are also getting the brunt of it. Because they also don't have the funding that the movies have. Or at least they do, but they have the same funding, but it's spread over. Instead of the movie being two hours, it's now six to eight hours exactly. for the for the TV show. And so it's like, oh my gosh, each, each episode's an hour long. There are six to eight episodes. So we need to stretch this funding. Instead of just for two hours, it's now six to eight hours. And so, and they don't have the same time to put it in. So it's also hard in that regard. And I've noticed a lot more like I don't, I, me personally, I don't notice a lot of things like that. Um, I'm getting better at noticing, but I will say I do notice it on the TV shows. Yes. I will see things like, for example, Moon Knight. I enjoyed Moon Knight. Was it perfect? No. I enjoyed it though. There's a lot of elements in Moon Knight, especially when it came to like the gods, the Egyptian gods and stuff that were like, okay, you are not there. Like you are, you are CGI'd in post. And again, I don't want to crap on the FX people because they work so hard and they do, they do great work at times, but they're just put under such a time crunch for all of these things. And I, I'm very, I don't know the word again, man, words are hard for me recently. Words are hard (laughs) in general. Uh, yeah, but I guess I'm I'm very eccentric or like 
over the top with all this, like these topics, because I am a fan of Marvel. And I know when it feels like they, they've got you. It almost feels as if, oh, you're with us this long. Well, it doesn't matter what we put out. We've got you. And it hurts me as a fan because I'm like, no, like I'm watching this because I enjoy the content, but I want it to be good. Yeah. And I want you guys to put effort and try into this. And that's why I have that soapbox. But there's also one more behind the scenes thing that I saw this last week. And this is spoilers for Miss Marvel. Um, I've already talked to you, Tim, a little bit about it. I haven't finished Miss Marvel yet. It's a really good show. I still haven't show. seen any episodes yet in Miss Marvel. I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. There are elements that I'm getting a little confused on because I'm not very well versed in Miss Marvel lore. But I'm enjoying it. But I did get it spoiled for me at the end. And uh, we've already talked about this, so it's not a spoiler yeah, for you. Yeah, it's already been spoiled for me, so which I was okay with because I haven't seen a single episode yet and I'm very <laughs> far behind. At the it's end fine. of Miss Marvel, Miss <laughs> Marvel swaps places with Captain Marvel. And so Carol Danvers, or uh, Captain Marvel, is now in this kid's bedroom looking confused. And that's how the show ends. That's like the post credit scene. And I saw in an interview that the directors of Miss Marvel, the TV show, did not know that was placed in there. They did not know that that was a thing. What? So what they did, Kevin Feige had the director of the Marvels come in to shoot that scene. And the directors of the show were like multiple times asked Kevin Feige, like, hey, do you have plans to have uh, Captain Marvel in here as a cameo? Do you have plans? And he's like, it's a secret. I'm not sure yet. Keep it all secretive. And so when the show came out and it was a big deal, the directors were like, yeah, I had no idea. And it's this idea that Kevin Feige is pulling all the strings, which is great. There needs to be a person running the show, knowing where the story's going. But the directors of your show needs to know that too, in order to give you character development that adds to the next movie. And this isn't the only time that this happened. In the last month, when Thor Love and Thunder came out, spoilers for the very, very end of of Thor Love and Thunder, there is a tagline at the very end of the movie that says, Thor will return. And once again, in an interview with Chris Hemsworth and Taika Watiki, they're like, they looked at each other during the movie and said, really? I didn't know that that was happening. Chris Hemsworth was like, I did not know Thor was coming back. Taika Watiki was like, yeah, I did not put that in there. That was all post. And then the last thing I saw was, once again, spoilers for Love and Thunder. At the end, one of the post credit scenes has a actor from Ted Lasso come in to play Hercules. Great character. Interesting character. Wasn't overly thrilled that he was in the post credit. I'm kind of tired of these introducing characters in the post credit scene type stuff. It's fine. We're not going to see Hercules for another eight to ten years because we still haven't seen Adam Warlock yet and he was introduced in a post-credit scene like three to five years ago. Exactly, though. That's my point. The actor has come out and said, oh, yeah, I didn't sign a contract or anything. I just kind of did this for a three-second appearance. I have not talked about anything for the future. And I'm like, okay, how can you have a interconnected story and start hinting at things when you don't even know if you're going to even go that route and not even know if the directors know if you're going this route. It's just, it's really irritating seeing some of these behind the scenes stuff, thinking that there, there is no, there is no path. It does not feel like there's a path. Yeah. And that's frustrating. Um, I think I think Marvel is at a pivotal point right now. And I think we're all kind of saying it. Like I've seen a lot of other people that are like, "Man, we all love Marvel. We've all loved what they've done." But they are at a point right now where cracks are appearing, fire is starting, and they've got to get on it. And they've got to They've got to batten down the hatches 
and they have to work on recovery because they do have a lot of really great things coming up. I'm very excited for the new Black Panther movie. I don't know a lot about it. Me and you agreed that we're not going to watch any Marvel trailers for the movies going forward. And I'm really excited about that. I think Black Panther is going to be good. Ant-Man, Quantumanium. I'm excited for that one. It's going to be different. It's going to be fun. Super good. A lot of the stuff that they have coming up uh, is I'm looking forward to. But I think they need to work on some of their stuff. And they got to work on the background stuff. They got to slow down. Yes, slow down. Because at the same time, they have some good movies coming up. They have, we have a little outline for like having movies and TV shows listed. We have five movies that we just remembered off the, sorry, not movies. We have five TV shows listed off the top of our heads. And I know we're missing some. I know we're missing some of the ones they've announced. And that's like so many movies and TV shows that are coming out. They have to slow down. They got to patch the cracks. They got to stop the, the bleeding. They got to, you know, I know I'm listing three different metaphors right now, but <laughs> you got, you get what I'm saying. They got to yeah. do that. And I, I even though hope, they have a lot of fun things coming up, I hope that the, the ratings and the viewership of all these show Marvel, like, Hey, you need to slow down and actually take your time. Thor Love and Thunder um, and Multiverse of Madness were considered some of the lowest rated Marvel movies like in years. Thor Love and Thunder is one of the worst rated Thor movies coming almost two points away from Thor The Dark World. Dang. And on top of that, Miss Marvel, which is like, I will say it personally, I really am enjoying Miss Marvel. But I have not watched all of it yet. And it's completely out. The viewership on Miss Marvel dropped drastically after Moon Knight. And I remember talking to you. When it first came out, I had no idea that the release date was that that day. No yeah, one I knew. I think it was like two or three episodes out. And I was like, oh, Miss Marvel's out. I'm already behind. And because of that, I haven't watched a single episode yet. Exactly. And I think that's the problem is they come out so fast that people just, they miss it. Obi-Wan came out the same time as Marvel did, which was so stupid on Disney's part. Yeah, that was not a good idea. That was going to hit your your viewership right there because I can guarantee people are going to be more excited for Kenobi than Ms. Marvel. Exactly. And Top Gun came out that week too. So it's like you already have two things against you. But Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Once again, we know that we're crapping on Marvel right now, but being a longtime fan of something and you start seeing a lot of this, like we we have seen the negative stuff of previous Marvel movies. Like, don't get us wrong, we know some of these movies are not good. Like phase one, phase two movies. But when you start seeing it consistently. I think that's where a lot of these people, you start seeing the hate. Um, I'm still going to watch them. I still am in high hopes that these I'll movies are going to get better. Them. Love James yeah. Gunn. I love, I cannot think, Ryan Ryan Cooler. There it is. Director of Black Panther. He's coming back for oh, Black yeah. Panther 2. Super excited for that. There's just a lot to be excited for, but a lot to be nervous about. So that's, yeah. I think that is my overall take for the, state of heroes in marvel i will also say like like we've been saying we've been crapping on marvel a little bit but we've both enjoyed the things that they've put out we've both enjoyed phase four overall like i enjoy love and thunder i enjoyed multiverse of madness i've enjoyed the movies that we you know kind of didn't rate very high but the thing is they're not to the standard we want them to be we enjoy them a lot. We like the product, but we're like, we know you can do better. We've seen you do better. And so I think that's where we just, that's where we're coming from is we're like, oh man, this was fun. It was a good movie. I like Love and Thunder was a fun movie for me. It was enjoyable, but I know they can do better. Yeah. And I'm excited. We said, I'm excited for the stuff coming out. I'm nervous, but I'm still excited. I'm still going to go see it. 
Yeah. I'm going to try to go see it opening weekend. And I I would be remiss if I did not talk about Sony as well as Disney when it came to Marvel. Sony is also on that boat. Sony is trying to do all this stuff with Spider-Man. And honestly, I feel like it's falling a little bit flat because they're trying to play that catch up that DC tried like years and years ago and they don't need to. However, Sony has some really good movies I'm excited to watch. Into the Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse oh, is that's one of my most anticipated film. movies. I'm so excited for that movie. So like they have good things coming out, both uh, Sony and Disney when it comes to Marvel. I think the biggest thing, if they could listen to us right now and just take one piece of advice, just slow down. Slow down. I will say, Marvel, or Disney's Marvel, set up Sony really well. Because after Into the Spider... Not Into the Spider-Verse, but after uh, No Way Home, Home, they easily could have contacted Toby and Andrew and been like, hey, Spider-Man 4 with Toby Maguire, it's happening. We're doing it. Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3 with Andrew Garfield, it's happening. We're doing it. And they had it set up. They had the excitement. They had the, you know, the the hype. And they had the willingness with Toby and Andrew. But I don't know if they pulled the trigger on that yet. And I don't we'll think, see if they do. But I don't think we'll ever get another amazing Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, at one point, fans were like, just, yes, we need this. We want you back. We want you at Spider-Man. His comment was something along the lines of, where was this 10 years ago? And I could tell like so he was a little he was a little salty about it. It's like, you are all like praising me for Spider-Man right now, but where was that? You did yeah. not like the fans did not have his back. And I'd be surprised if we see Andrew Garfield in any of the Sony stuff. I would not be surprised if we saw him again in Marvel. Like DC or That'd Disney. Be cool. But yeah, um, I think that's about all the time we have today. Um, I think it's about all the venting I had to do. <laughs> yeah, sorry for the little bit of a more serious podcast, a more, um, like you said, venting just our We just had to climb concerns. up on the soapbox for a minute. Yeah. And yeah, we had to voice our concerns. We had to give like, the state of the heroes. DC's doing some great stuff. Marvel... It's been stumbling a little bit, but we, we're, we're excited for the future. Yeah. Like, they it's haven't fallen good. yet. They just stumbled. No. They're stumbling, but it's okay. We all stumble sometimes. Yeah. Tacos well, break, and we still love them. <laughs> we'll see when Kang comes out. If they mess up Kang, there's going to be an outroar. That's true. People but, will riot. But, yeah, with that, um, thanks for listening. Uh, like I said at the beginning... We're going to try to kind of move away from a little bit of the superheroes in the next couple podcasts. Um, we, we know we've been talking a lot about Marvel and DC. It's just kind of, there's a lot of content coming out with that. And we want to talk about it. But stay tuned for, we got some books that we want to talk about. We got some TV shows, like some past TV shows. We also have some past franchises. We kind of want to go back and kind of talk a little about, do they hold up? Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, Tim, take it away. Yeah, we also, I want to add in, we got some fun ideas for some, maybe some multi-episode deep dives, whether that's maybe directors and kind of going through their films and got some other stuff that we're talking about doing. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be some good conversations, some uh, some laughs, some crying, some uh, some emotions will be shared. I'm just kidding. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. We also will be doing a Thor Love and Thunder review. It's it's coming. We've been kind of taking our time and digesting this movie. Uh, yeah. But it is coming. So be on the lookout for that. Heck yeah. Uh, but we release episodes every Monday, Monday, Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel. We ask you to share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with the person you see on the bus, um, the person you're sitting next to in movie theaters, uh, whoever. If you go to comic book stores, share it with them. We want people to listen. 
We also want to know how we're doing because, like I've said, we're learning. We're still new at this. So write a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. It's a five-star thing. If you you know listen on other formats, that's me leaving a comment or whatever. Please do that. That'd be awesome. If you leave a comment, we will read it. We'll read your comments. We want to get better. So please do that. And because we love talking about nerd stuff. We love talking about geek stuff. It's a good time for us. And we want to share that with you. And we want to be good at it. Because you know... It's all geek to me.